are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, unless you're an NBA ref, in which case you can just leave the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Thursday, and you guys ready for this one? You saw the end of the game. I don't need to recap it for you. You know what happened. You ready for this one? Because we're going to go in on the referees. Yes, that is going to be a good chunk of the show. And then we'll still talk about this game. And maybe we'll be able to preview tonight's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. But you know what? I'm mad. You're probably still mad. Let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app now on Android in beta form and join me next week, Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central to get in on the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. So where to start? I guess we can set the stage. This was a game where it seemed like neither team wanted to win. This is one of these really dumb but kind of fun NBA games where there's just turnovers and it's like a comedy of errors down the stretch, and it really was. New Orleans had no business at all being in this game late. None. They didn't deserve to win this game, like flat out. But you know what? That doesn't matter because you still play the games, and what happens on the court actually matters. Even if you don't deserve to be there, that happens all the time. It happened in this one. And so the Pelicans all of a sudden find themselves down two after some incredible defensive effort, actually trying, and Brandon Ingram making clutch plays, a a weird banked in but hilarious Eric Bledsoe three, down two with basically time expiring, and Brandon Ingram makes a great read and sends the ball to Zion Williamson down low, who goes up for the dunk. This is going to go in. This is what Zion does, right? And this game's going to go to overtime where the Pelicans can probably then lose. But that doesn't happen because he's hacked, slapped on the wrist by Nikola Jokic. Way to hear the the whistle. You see the Pelicans players with their arms up. No call. No challenge from Stan Van Gundy either because you know what? There was no whistle. So there's nothing for him to challenge. This is... So then the Pelicans have to foul the Denver Nuggets. They they go shoot their free throws. Game's over. They lose. But basically the final play of the game was a no call on Zion Williamson. This isn't good for the league. And one, it was 100% a foul. When the last two-minute report where they review calls in the last two minutes of impactful games comes out, they're going to say Zion Williamson was fouled. But you know what? You don't get that win added back or the overtime game or the chance to win. It's just a loss, even if it was wrong. Yes, there is some degree of human error in the NBA, but if we have replay, maybe, maybe you should use it to make sure you get impactful, important things called. This is BS. It's what it is. And it's a problem the league has had throughout the year. Um, And it's been a topic and it's been a big part of the discussion. Just missed calls. Those things happen. But this game was just called poorly, right? They were letting guys get mauled throughout the game. The refs in this one were. And then in the final minute of the game, they're calling touch fouls. At one point, Brandon Ingram fouled the Denver Nugget, sent him to the line when Denver was only up three, and the Pelicans could have just played good defense and maybe gotten the ball back. And they might have because Denver was turning it over. I don't think Brandon Ingram meant to foul there. I think he was just trying to stay close to his guy, and the refs just called it a touch foul, barely anything. And then you don't call this. 
the inconsistency, just even in the course of this game, was pretty rough to see and disappointing and not what you want from the league. This is the top flight of basketball. This is not how things are supposed to go. And it's been a problem. And officiating Zion has been a problem all season long. And we'll get into some of the numbers next. I've got them. Okay? I've got them for you. The actual stats on this stuff. But they need to do something because this isn't what you want. Instead of talking about Zion hitting the game-winning dunk and setting the, or game-tying game dunk and this one going to overtime and celebrating a future face of the league, right? We're yelling about the refs. Other people are yelling about the refs because it was a blown freaking call. That's not good for the NBA. They have a ratings issue at times, to be, to be sure, yes, or something's going on there. Part of it's this. Make the right call. Review it and just get it right. It's not hard. This was an impactful call. This is something that could potentially influence, probably not, but could, I'm going to come in hot here, influence the play-in tournament. You, you can't have refs doing that. You can't have refs blowing this. And it's been an issue all season long. It was completely inconsistent in this game. Yeah, it was wrong. You should be, as a Pelicans fan, rightfully pissed off about this one. Stan Van Gundy after the game said it very well. You know, Zion doesn't flop. He doesn't yell and scream at the referees. Call it every single time he gets fouled. That's what your job is. Strength gets called differently in this league. It does. They have no idea how to officiate him. None. And they need to because this is a guy that's not going anywhere and is going to be playing this style of basketball for a very long time. To his credit, Zion was... Cooler than you would think. And he said after the game, quote, they didn't call it. Not much I can do about that. Just got to learn from it and finish next time. Not being frustrated, not being demonstrative, just kind of accepting of it. And he even talked about after this that, you know what? He, he had an uncharacteristic game for him. He finished with 21 points on eight of 17 shooting. And he had two rebounds, no assists, two steals, three turnovers, three fouls. Very kind of weird, muted, and flattened stat line for Zion. He wasn't as impactful as he normally is in this game. And that's probably a bigger reason why the Pelicans lost than the refs blowing the call at the end of the game. But because this game was close, because the Denver Nuggets were not playing great basketball either, New Orleans had a chance. And they should have been given that opportunity rather than it just being a door slammed in their face like what the referees did. So it was a blown call. It leads to just bad feelings all around. And this isn't a good look for the NBA. And it's something that you as a Pelicans fan should be pissed off about. So should the team. And I have no doubt that they are. So I'm going to get into the actual numbers behind Zion Williamson and some of the fouls and non-fouls that he's drawn this year. But before we do that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by rockauto.com. It is a pain to shop for auto parts at those big chain stores. I told you guys I went in the this past weekend to pick up a thermostat housing cover for one of my cars. And you know what? It doesn't fit. It was the only one they had in the store. It doesn't fit. I wasted my money by buying that because I can't return it. And then I just decided I needed it in the moment. It was a bit of an emergency. But I went to rockauto.com. Guess what? Looked it up there. It was cheaper than the one in the chain store. And it fits better. It just came in this morning. I'm going to throw it on the car this weekend. It's going to run better. It's going to be exactly what I wanted. And I should have just gone to rockauto.com in the first place. 
RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Literally everything you could need from the smallest part of your car, like a little tiny thermostat housing, to big things. You want valve coverage. You want engine control modules. They have everything that you could be looking for. The catalog is super easy to use, and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Because best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Do not spend up to twice as much for the same parts. And make sure you get parts that fit. That variety that they can offer you of different parts means you'll find exactly what you're looking for and not just stuck buying the one thing they have on the shelf at a chain store. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, continuing to be upset about that final call in the game that lost the Pelicans the game. By the way, we didn't even mention the score like anything else about the game because we needed to talk a little bit about the refs there. 114-112 loss for the Pelicans. Again, game-tying shot attempt by Zion Williamson. He was fouled by Nikola Jokic, and it was a no call, and there was nothing the Pelicans could do, and they lost the game. So... I had said that, and I've been saying this, that Zion is not officiated properly in the league whatsoever. And Stan Van Gundy kind of echoed some of those thoughts, and I just read his quote saying, you know what, if there's a foul, call it. It's really that simple. It doesn't matter if it's eight times per game. It doesn't matter if it's 40 times per game. If it happens, it's your job as referees to call it. Not think that this guy's had too many foul calls, so we need to go a little bit lighter. If he's fouled a bunch, you've got to call it. That's the job play it fair. That doesn't happen enough. And I've got a lot of the numbers on this and I'll let you guys make your decision on what it is. So let's start with the number of what Zion does at the rim. He shoots 81% of his shots at the rim of guys who've played a thousand minutes or more this season. And Zion has played 18, uh, sorry, 18 of guys. Yeah. Guys who have played a thousand minutes or more. And Zion has played 1823. There, he is the fifth highest in terms of sh- uh, percentage of shots at the rim. DeAndre Jordan's 94%. Rudy Gobert's 88%. Zubac is 83%. Bismack Biombo is 83%. And then Zion Williamson is tied with Ines Cantor at 81% of his shots are at the rim. Within four feet of the basket per cleaningtheglass.com. Okay, that's kind of our, our number here. So, Zion in terms of shooting fouls, what percentage of a player's shot attempt was he fouled on? This number is not terrible. It's not great, though. Zion was has been fouled and draws a shooting foul on 22.7% of his possessions. That's actually number two in the league, only behind Rudy Gobert, who takes more of his shots at the rim than Zion does by a little bit. Okay, he's number two in the league. That seems like they're probably officiating him, right? Wrong. That's not... An important number. Just because he's number two in shooting foul percentage doesn't mean that it shouldn't be more than what it is. And that was evidence on display on that final possession. He should be getting more than that. We've seen it. He's shorter. He's got to go up through arms. He's six seven, six eight. This isn't a guy that's seven foot, where it's like, okay, no, he's not getting fouled because his elbows are above those dudes' heads. He's going up and through people, through arms, and they're smacking the hell out of him. And he doesn't get that call. But what about uh, floor foul percentage? So how many non-shooting fouls did the, pel- the did the player draw per team play? Zion 
Where do you think he ranks? Pause for dramatic effect. Do you think he's in the top five, top 10, top 15, 20? Not even close. He's so far down the list, I'm not even going to try and count. Zion draws a non-shooting foul 1.7% of the time. That's in the 67th percentile. Guys like Nikola Vucevic draw more shooting fouls than he does. I'm looking at just random numbers here. Danilo Gallinari draws a non-shooting foul, just a floor foul, more so than Zion Williamson. Pascal Siakam draws it more. Uh, Zubac draws it more. Jamal Murray draws it more. Campazzo draws it more. I could go on and on and on. Robin Lopez draws it more. I could go on and on and on with a ton, ton of names here. And Zion plays like a guard, right? This is something that often would favor a guard, I think, or a guy with the ball in their hands. Nikola Jokic leads the league at 4.8%. Zion's one of those guys. Zion's got the ball in his hands. He's driving, and players don't know how to defend him. They just try and put a body in his way. It's not like they were already down low posting up with him. They slide in to try and get a charge and things like that. No, doesn't. And they, they're just not giving him enough. It, it's really that simple. That number really tells you a lot about what you need to know there. That's pretty horrible. Zion Williamson, who takes 80% of his, 81% of his shots at the rim. Let's move on to and one percentage. What percentage of a shooting foul drawn did the player also make their own shot? Zion Williamson at 28%, 27.9% of the time he gets a foul. It's an and one. They're hacking him. That number should be higher if they weren't fouling him so much and doing it so often that they're hitting him really hard. But at least that number doesn't factor into some of the other stuff either. But no, just because he draws a shooting foul 22.7% of the time, Rudy Gobert leads the league at 25.7 in terms of a thousand minutes or more. So guys who have played significantly this season, it should be higher. As Stan Van Gundy said, call it if it happens. And yes, Zion's ahead of Giannis. Zion is ahead of Joel Embiid. But he's also ahead of those guys in terms of basically playing down low. They're not even particularly close to him when it comes to that sort of thing. So I don't think it's wrong to say that they are um, looking at this wrong. In, in, in terms of um, at the rim shots. Let me pull it up here because I want to see what Embiid's is. Embiid takes 34% of his shots at the rim and he's drawing shooting fouls not horribly far behind Zion. He's 21%. Zion is 22.7% and there's like a 50% disparity in terms of their shot profile. I mean, come on, right? We don't need to overthink this. They're not calling enough fouls on him just because they're draw, they're they're calling a lot doesn't mean he's not drawn enough. Giannis is right behind him in shooting foul percentage, literally 0.1% difference, 22.7 to 22.6. Zion again, 81% of his shots at the rim. Giannis, 56% of his shots at the rim. I don't need to give you more data than that. You guys know it. You watch the games. The league needs to know it too. And the Pelicans need to try and do something about this to get Zion some calls. Because it leads to nights like this where it overshadows everything else completely. And it sucks. So let's get back to the game. I want to talk about some of the good stuff, particularly Brandon Ingram in this one because he was big, especially down the stretch for New Orleans. So that's coming up here next on Locked on Pelicans.
But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action over at betonline.ag. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on today, and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online. Ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On over at BetOnline.ag. Again, using promo code Locked On over at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So no more ref talk, uh, I promise. So let's take a look at this game that the Pelicans did lose 114-112. And I really want to focus on Brandon Ingram for a little bit because the dude was clutch in this one. For a game that was getting away from New Orleans. And look, I said in the beginning, they had no business being in this one, right? They turned the ball over so many times and just didn't come out in the first half and really look like they wanted to play at all. They started to turn it around in the second half, but 21 turnovers? That's going to kind of doom you. You know, they didn't look like they wanted to play defense for the first two quarters of the game and ramped it up a little bit in the in the second half, but really turned it on in the fourth. And Brandon Ingram really started to kind of come alive in that and make clutch play after clutch play. In seven minutes and 42 seconds of action in the fourth quarter, he was four of eight from the field, two of four from deep, three defensive boards. He had only one turnover, scored 10 points. And down the stretch was just making smart decision after smart decision. And I know that we we heard from David Griffin earlier in the year on Twitter being like, oh, yeah, and people say he's not a clutch player. He was clutch in this game, but it's been hit or miss with him. It really, really has. So it was great to see him really step up in a game that New Orleans could have stolen from a really good team when they're at full strength. And look, this is one of those games that, you know, if New Orleans didn't shoot themselves in the foot so many different times, could have, could have won. The Denver Nuggets, while good this year, are still without Jamal Murray. They're without some of their other guards, too, and they look just banged up, and they have no offense when Nikola Jokic isn't out there on the court. And the Pelicans took advantage of that. You know, their bench, compared to the Denver Nuggets bench, gave them a lot, a lot of energy and really kind of carried this team a little bit. And the Pelicans were smart. They made the best of this when Jokic wasn't on the court and went on some runs. You love to see that. Kyra Lewis Jr. gave you some quality minutes in this one. Jackson Hayes and Billy Hernan Gomez did what they could. You know, Steven Adams was ruled out of this game after starting it originally. Hayes off the bench, 10 points. Billy Hernan Gomez, 7 points off the bench, though Though Billy really, really struggled against Nikola Jokic. But that's also, despite Brandon Ingram's heroics and the stupid foul call at the end of the game, The Pelicans didn't deserve to win this one because of so many different things. I mentioned the turnovers. You know, we talked about some of the other things here. One of the big ones, though, was lack of adjustments. And this one really tends to fall on the shoulders of Stan Van Gundy. Nikola Jokic cooked, cooked Billy Hernan Gomez in this game. Anytime he was matched up against him... He was going to score and he was going to do some special things. And you saw it. You saw Nikola Jokic score 32 points on 12 of 20 shooting. He was really good. And they kept the Pelicans, Stan Van Gundy, kept letting him play one-on-one with Billy Hernan Gomez. Try 
something different. Just try something different when it's very clear that it's not going to work. And the Pelicans only got back into this one because for whatever reason, the Denver Nuggets stopped valuing the basketball and kept turning it over. Some of it was good defense, absolutely. Some of it was unforced errors by the Nuggets too. This wasn't a great game for New Orleans. They were lucky that this is a banged-up Denver Nuggets team that forgot how to play basketball right at the end of this one. But it is kind of what it is, and it shows you there's still a lot of gaping holes and struggles and opportunities on this Pelicans roster. And it's one of those games where you kind of look at it and you're like, yeah, they got a ways to go on defense. You, you have to try something different when the guy who's going to win MVP and Jokic is going to win MVP, make no doubt about that, is cooking a player of yours. Double him. Do something. And it led to Denver going on a bunch of runs throughout this one, which really nearly put this one out of reach. And I guess did when you really look at it. Also, Eric Bledsoe, despite having a good shooting game of 7 for 12 and 17 points, no defense. You guys don't know who Facundo Campazzo is, but he lit New Orleans up in the fourth quarter because Eric Bledsoe played no defense on him whatsoever. He scored 15 points for Denver in the fourth. Nikola Jokic, one point. Michael Porter Jr., 11 points. But Campazzo really burned him because Eric Bledsoe was just trying to, I don't know, not, not defend him. It's just an overall frustrating game that New Orleans, if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot or shot themselves in the foot one less time, could have won. They didn't. And it probably puts you know a, a big dent, potentially, still in their playoff hopes for that 10th seed. You're running out of time. And this was a game they should have gotten. The refs took it away from him, but it's also on them too. It's kind of the story of this one. But hey, they get to play the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. So we'll see if they can get that win. No need to preview it. We're frustrated with this game. We're just going to kind of slam the door closed on this one with this podcast. And so thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.